Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. City News. It's 17.30 GMT. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. I am Umaru Sanda Amadou. Tonight, I'm here with... Akosia Ochre. And coming up over the next 90 minutes, NDC goes to the primaries over the weekend, leaving in the wake defeat for 17 MPs. We'll be hearing from some of them. Also coming up... We will restore indigenous Ghanaian investment in the financing and banking sector. We will create a tiered banking system that will serve various segments of the market. We will give the opportunity for experienced banking hands who were laid off and needlessly to secure their careers once more. Move away from the menial jobs that they were compelled to take. New NDC flag bearer John Dramani Mahama to restore licenses of banks collapsed by this government under some circumstances will be understanding shortly as part of the acceptance speech he gave to party supporters today. Meanwhile, the special prosecutor uh, is involved in the, the campaign and the elections of the NDC over the weekend. At least one member of parliament aspirant has been invited. We're also hearing that the OSP is interested in questioning John Mahama for paying 40 cities each to delegates who showed up at polling centers to vote over the weekend. Stay with 97.3 CTF for more on this and many other stories on Eyewitness News. And in business... Government is optimistic that a country will be able to go back to the international capital market as soon as possible. That's in 15 minutes from the business desk of CTFM and City TV. Natalie Nettie will be back with the details. Eyewitness News is live across Ghana on a number of affiliate stations in the western region on Beach 105.5 FM, Sky Power 93.5 and uh, other partner stations there. We are... We are live in the western region. In the Bono region, we are on Greener 95.9 FM in Sunyani. In the Hafo region, on Hammers Radio 106.5 FM in Gosu. Ashanti region, on Focus 94.3 FM in Kumasi. Orange 107.9 FM in Kumasi. In the Volta region, on Revival 99.3 FM in Tajevu. Cool 103.5 FM in Ho. In the northern region, Radio Bimbila 91.9 FM. In the upper east region, Tanga 93.7 FM in Bolga. Upper West on Tungsung 97.3 FM in Wa and Jirapa 96.1 FM in Jirapa. Do send us your messages 0549-986-996. Send tweets using the hashtag City Newsroom. Watch us on Facebook. Watch us on YouTube. This is Eyewitness News coming to you from Adabraka in Accra. Let's settle for details of our stories now. The NDC went to the press for the weekend to elect a flag bearer and uh, also members of parliament or parliamentary candidate for the various constituencies. Indeed, the party says it's fielding candidates in 276 constituencies, adding the Guan constituency. At the end of the polls, when the dust settled after the sorting and counting was done, 17 MDC MPs were not voted for by the party at the base to represent the party in the 2024 elections. The list is a tall one. Prominent there, you'd see Dr. Kwabna Donko, former minister for power, MP for Pro East, Alhaji 
ABA Fuseni, MP for Sanarugu, former Deputy Minister, journalist. Edward Bauer was at the Ministry of Energy. His MP for Bongo has been voted out. I'll give you the full list. I'm going to speak to one of the casualties from the weekend. He's from the Greater Accra region, a three-term MP. Jonobo Christian Otute is NDC MP for Sege. You're welcome to Eyewitness News, sir. Thank you, Mr. Maru, and thank you for my listeners. What happened? Nothing happened. It was election which took place. And it didn't go the way you expected, obviously. Obviously, it did not go. Did you do any post-mortem? Is there any, any thinking as to what may have caused what happened? Well, naturally, just as I removed somebody, I think people also felt I must also go. But looking at the way the election was conducted, it was free and fair election to my own imagination. But the election was not started early enough due to lack of some reasons. I mean, some, for some reasons due to EC, which I know was also a very bad one because people had to gather and by nine to something, after nine something, people were ready and they were not getting the UC people to conduct the election. So as a result, I know a lot of things were going on which did not help. But on the whole, I feel it was free and fair election. So I cannot attribute the blame to any other thing than I lost the election due to what I did. I thought I did. I was I've done my best, but it wasn't the best. So you believe the election was credible? It was. Have you, congratula have you congratulated the person who defeated you? I did, and I did yesterday, and I also wrote a strong message asking my supporters to disregard the so-called two-third camp or team, and also now support everyone together with me, GM and A. PC late. So that was, my thing was also stand today to all platforms, the consensus executive platforms, the delegate platforms, and the whole consensus as a whole to really know that I'm ever ready to support for the sake of the party. Even though if I have to look back, I shouldn't be ready to, but for the sake of the party, I'm ready. And I can't wait for NDC to come to power with the MP from Sagan, John Mahama, as the president. You've done, you've done three terms. Um, have you taken stock of what you've done, and which means that you were in, in, you were in power one time NDC, one term, and then two terms MPP. Um, are there things you thought you did wrong? Well, I've not done three terms yet, but um, I'll be doing I'll be doing three terms by the end of 2024. And at the same time, in the first term of Domahama, I have a lot of projects. You know, our constituency is one of the constituencies which will be like a virgin constituency. We were taken from Adan without anything, police station, without court, without assembly hall. When we started, if you should know where the whole district started as assembly hall. Today is being used as National Health Insurance Office. I mean, National, that is two or three rooms. But today, as we speak, in the first time of Jomahama, 
I was able to bring through this administration a full assembly complex, education directorate, ICT center, police station, court, etc., etc. These are few of the major things by the roadside in the district, which if you move in the, on the street, you just see them. You don't need to enter communities looking out for and thousands of orders. So for project, which is concerning infrastructure, I've done a lot. I come to schools, give compounds, trainings, lobby for projects like uh, Yibrok. I lobby for one through Mahama. But um, unfortunately, it's still the first one. It's maybe not yet done. When it comes to polyclinic, through Mahama we brought one. Now we, it's been a, we are now also doing district hospital and others. In fact, the infrastructure is so massive. For the fact that we came to a, a place where we were not having anything, so I really, really concentrated on education and health more. So I've done my best. But, you know, human beings as it is, they always like a change after a point in time. So I've not bothered at all. Of course, I've done what I should do. And I know I won't be there forever. Though I wasn't expecting I would be going at that point in time. But then it's still an empty situation is coming. So I'm okay. I'm ready to do what I should do to support the party. And did, I know that the party is successful. I also get my fair share of the case. Did, another form. Did money play a part or a role in your elections this weekend? Obviously, money may play, but I know it's not only money. So many other factors will be, be looking at. Money could be one of the several factors, but it cannot be entirely the, the, the major factor. Delegates were given money. Obviously, delegates must be transported. Obviously, delegates must be fed. So somebody will decide not to give you money to, 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 to somebody will decide not to buy you food, but give you money for food. So all those things will definitely take place, which is not for the, the first time we are having that. So Monday, as I said, definitely involving transportation, feeding, and some other particular things will come in. But that will not be the decider of the winner. The winner will be chosen by the choice of the people based on what they think he can do for them. You, you do not think that the votes were bought? No, I, the votes were not bought. I was there and I can tell you votes were not bought. It was, let me admit that it was probably three hardware. That's all. Could it be that you were busy in Parliament and your opponent was busy working on the ground? Have you done any attribution to what happened? Obviously, 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 because the whole of this, um, let's say one and a half years now, you couldn't get enough time. But on the other hand, what about my colleagues who won? If I should say that. So I don't have to attribute that to being busy in Parliament. And what about the large number of others who won? All right. Now moving forward, um, Dangbe land is a cons or is, is is an area that the MPP has never been successful in. Uh, save what happened in Upper Manya. The closest MPP did so well in any constituency in Dangbe land was Sege, and this was when Agohom was in the run. You have replaced um, Wallis Bojabayate. You've done three terms. The votes that Agohom got at the time that I'm doing this analysis for show that, I mean, I don't know whether it was his person or he. it was a party. And mind you, he's the original chairman of the New Patriotic Party now. 
now that you have been removed, a strong pillar who has defeated uh, Christian Agohom and Divine Agohom a number of times, do you think it opens the chances of the NPP in penetrating Dangbilan through Sege? Well, it is a very big desire of the NPP to do so, but we are not ready to give that seat out. Even though I'm not the candidate, I'm still in the constituency. And the rules, the strategies, and whatever we do or have done in the past to win, I will assist. I know they always either fit me. It's an enviable seat for them because when they weigh all around, they saw that that is a seat which can easily be won due to a lot of reasons. A lot of reasons because I go as we speak was a businessman and still a businessman. I contested him two times consecutively, and I beat him. And one thing which helped him a lot, at the time I was contesting him, he was going on opposed. And one of the good things of going on opposed is that, for going on opposed is that as soon as you ended it with on opposed, there's so much trouble in the party. The party is there, there's so much cohesion in the party. He said that. You move together with one front. But when you move with different, when you have elections, there's always a problem. So the two consecutive times, he had them all, he had gone all unopposed. So it helped him a lot. Meanwhile, I was being contested. So after our families, you had to bring people together. People would not be willing, and you still go on and end it like that. This time, answer is the same. We don't know whether they are going to, he's the only one coming. But I can assure you, whoever comes, as long as I'm concerned, to make sure that seat is reserved. And we are going to reverse the uh, pattern or the trend of the vote coming down due to some factors which we have discovered. I mean, in other words, things are going to be improved. I due see. To some... You do not see that seat being lost to the MPP. Okay. On your personal level, um, are you going to retire or you would make another attempt to return into parliament through that constituency? You mean in the next four years to come? Yes. Oh, I'm, I don't think I'm going to do that, but even that is too early. I think it's too early to, 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 to tell you I will retire or I will not, but even though I don't intend to, but it's still too early. But are you ready to get out of parliament yet? What I mean is that. Have you prepared for this possibility when you were going to the prepared. post Saturday no morning? I've not prepared and I have no choice and I'm not the first person. As you said, we have about 17 now and every year we have a number of them. You just have to manage it and manage your life with it. It brings a I'm bigger prepared. question of the lack of preparedness. Many of your colleagues who left parliament abruptly are struggling. Uh, some are... In fact, the man you took over is not doing that well himself. Um, a number of other MPs that we know are not doing that well since they left the house. Have you invested money so that when you leave, even if it was an unexpected departure like you're doing now, you have something to rely on? Well, God will take care of me, is my answer to all that. God will take care of you, but your investments would be the cushion that or the vehicle that God would use. And I'm speaking generally as MPs now. Uh, these things, when you were driving to the polling station on Saturday morning, I'm sure you expected you were going to win and go 2024 and win because it's a safe seat. That, that, that was it. 
and things have just been thrown off gear. Mentally, are you prepared? Well, no matter what, as a man, life, since there's life, there's hope. I wasn't prepared to exit at that point in time. But I can tell you that uh, there's life, there's hope. My party will come to power, and I will still have to work hard for the party to also continue in another form. It's not only MP you become. As it is, as you have put it, it is just unfortunate that you are exiting at the time you did not prepare. And this is one of the things that they must look at and also prepare some kind of program and means for MPs who could come out unprepared to like that so that that become a bit better. Like you have observed, a number of MPs struggle after they, they have done this voluntary work to their constituents, for that matter, Ghana. And everybody is for himself after the parliament. You have existed. So I wish something else must be done, not only at my time now, but something must be done for the future. Even if we can go back to take care of the back, those who had earlier on existed, so that would be very nice. So the observation is quite good, and it's something which is worth working on in the near future to help soften the price of some of these MPs who could exit. The ex gratia that will be paid to you in 2025, would that not be enough? What is ex gratia? How much is it? You have no idea. People talk about it, but when you get to know, it is something which nobody can rely on. Nobody can take his life on. I don't even have an idea what it will be. But the figure is huge based on what we've heard in the past. It's, it's a mistake. What they call ex gratia from, if you allow me to educate you, I will tell you, what they come to mention to you as an Gracia for MPs is totally wrong. That includes a lot of different money. Sometimes salary arrears, sometimes some other form of money which the government could not pay on time. But by the time you are exiting, they have to pay you also. They accumulate all those monies and they call it Gracia. But in actual fact, the Gracia is something tiny. But your salary arrears, which could not be paid like two years, Increments, not just salary areas, but there have been increments that must be added to your salary, but they don't but, do it. But all of this would be a lump sum money that will be given to you at the end of the... Yeah, of but at the time you are not giving that. What, how do you survive? You put money from somewhere to, to take care of yourself and your constituents before when that comes, it goes back. It is being put together to come, but in the absence of the time that is coming, you sit down, you have to get life moving on. So you pick money from someone. So when you get it, you have to go back to the place where you are picking it from. Finally, uh, now that this reality has dawned in, I do not think you plan to run as an independent candidate. You have not given an indication yet. So what are you going to do with your life? Perhaps you venture into watermelon farming is a big business in your district and constituency. Of course, I'm still planning in a few, uh, one and a half years to come. And by the time I exit finally, I will clearly define my life ahead. What's your profession, sir? I used to be a lecturer at Impa. Do you want to go back to the classroom? I'm not, I don't know. I, it will depend on the time I exit or when I get closer to the exiting point. But now I'm quite a distance away from the exiting point. So when I get closer, I'll get to know better. Wish you all the best and thank you for speaking to us. For your concerns of 
those of us who have come to that end of bad luck, we are, we are grateful for your concern. No, no, don't, don't see it as bad luck. Maybe see it as good luck in one way. Maybe you never well, know. This will, be, yeah, this will yeah, be another opportunity that will open up. All right, thank you. It's another way of getting a better opportunity. So thank you for your concern for those of us who are affected with this. You know what? I should just give you the next 30 seconds to say thank you to the people of Sege in Dangbe. Well, you know, my people, you we are moving together. We are voting together for John Mahama and then the Thank you so much. That's MP for um, Sege, Christian Otute, uh, one of the 17 NDC MPs who lost the primaries over the weekend. Uh, this is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. Uh, talking about the primaries, um, so 17 lost. There are some who voluntarily decided not to go to parliament. Uh, one of them is um, James Kluchavegi for Ketu North. He decided... He has done enough and was not interested in returning to parliament. So he did not contest over the weekend. But the people who contested him, uh, that election has turned out a bit interesting. Um, we are told there was a winner at the first round. Adam Agbana was the one who won. But we are told there was a call for a recount. And after the recount, uh, the two of them, there was a tie. He and the one who placed second. How is a party handling that exercise in the Ketu North constituency? Because Edem Agbana has uh, taken to social media to announce that he was the properly elected member of parliament elect. No, no NDC parliamentary candidate for uh, that area. James Gunu is the voter regional secretary of the NDC. Mr. Gunu, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. Thank you very much. Um, were you in Ketu North yourself? No, I wasn't in Ketunov. Okay, so we had great. Our, I, I mean, I just want to know if you personally were there. If you were in it, it's fine. What's the our, brief that has our, been given to the party about what transpired there? I was not there personally, but first one to Article Forty One, Clause One, uh, Article Forty One, Clause Four of the party's constitution, we. As regional executive committee, we are supposed to uh, supervise this election. But the conduct of the election itself was uh, handled by the Electoral Commission. So we had some of our people on the ground together with the uh, election committee for the constituency. My regional chairman himself was at Ketunov briefly, and um, at the end of the polls, we had a result from the Electoral Commission. That is a certified result from the Electoral Commission indicating that there was a tie in the primaries, the parliamentary primaries. That is to say that um, John Kobla Adam and Adam Agbana both 
obtain 358 votes. So that is what happened. And then um, our guidelines for the uh, primaries actually is silence on the uh, time as far as this uh, context is concerned. However, if you go to section uh, 15, of the guidelines, it says that on election day, all rules governing the conduct of national elections shall apply, except otherwise provided under the guidelines or directed by the National Executive Committee of the party. So we had to report to the National Executive Committee what the Electoral Commission has given us, and then the party will take a decision as to what to do next, because we cannot, as a party, um, you know, submit the two gentlemen to the Electoral Commission for the 2024 parliamentary contest in Ketunov. No, that cannot be done. So we are at a point where a party must take a decision based on the national um, you know, rules that governs elections. Because even if you look at our constitution critically, um, you go to Article 42, that talks about election of presidential candidates. Um, clause 1, D talks about runoff, you know, that is under the presidential elections, but then the parliamentary elections um, is silenced over there, and then the guidelines too, but it has made a room for the application of uh, national rules governs elections. So, when the electoral commission uh, officer declared the result, what he um, indicated to us was that um, there should be a runoff within 21 days. Uh, this must be communicated to the party national executive committee to take that decision because if there's going to be a runoff, definitely you need to print new ballot papers and do some further arrangement to bring all delegates together for the conduct of a, a runoff, which will definitely be handled by the Electoral Commission once again. But then today we had to issue um, a release uh, warning our members um, and supporters to remain calm as far as the aftermath of the parliamentary primaries is concerned because if you look at the um, political history and the culture of Ketunov, it's just interesting. It's not by coincidence that we have uh, two former uh, regional chairmen of our party coming from Ketunov. North. 
His Excellency Modestus Ahemble, um, Honorable Henry Kojo Ametefi, and even the current regional chairman is from Ketunov. And you can talk about uh, Professor Kofiawuno. And when you talk about the MPP side too, they had uh, Ken Wood Nuosu, who uh, is a former regional chairman of the uh, MPP. And also coming to regional minister appointment right from Agbenazer's time. And then um, that is uh, Ketu in Dera. We had uh, Henry Ametefi again as deputy voter regional minister. And at one point in time, acting regional minister, Colonel uh, Silneku. And then from the MPP side, you can talk about Kofi Jamesi, who was at one point in time the uh, regional minister under President Kufo. So if you look at the political history, uh, then social political culture of Ketu North, and then the local dynamics over there, we had no option than to call for a calm because the temperature, the political temperature is going high as far as this discussion in uh, media, this person claiming he has won and so on and so forth. So we did that just to ensure that the party is given some time to take a decision on this. Hopefully, we shall um, liaise with the National Executive Committee on this matter. We have already sent our report to National. Okay, uh, Mr. Gunu, just quickly, um, what is the official position of the regional party on what happened in Ketu North? Do you believe and agree that it was it's supposed to be Okay, it was a tie and that there ought to be a rerun, or you agree with what Adam has said that he won? We uh, believe that the Electoral Commission has done a good job for us because what we have, the agents of all the aspirants have signed onto the declaration sheet that we have. Except one uh, Agbanyo who obtained uh, seven votes, whose agent did not sign, but the other seven aspirants, our contestants, all have their agents signing the declaration sheet that is a certified result. And you know, in this um, electoral process, you may have a provisional result. A provisional result is not a result that we work with. So even in, uh, in journalism, where you report on electoral matters or election results, you make it clear to your audience that this uh, result that you are announcing is a provisional result. Not until it is satisfied 
you know, we don't, I mean, work with it. Okay, so I just wanted to be sure. So yeah. you are going by what the Electoral Commission has said. And we so we are going by what the Electoral Commission has okay. given us. Mr. Gunu, yeah, could you could you kindly indulge me and stay on the line for me? I want to hear from Adam who has made the announcement that he does not agree and that he is actually the guy who was elected. If you don't mind, kindly be on the line for me. Let me speak to him. All right. Let me go on the other phone line. Speak to Adam Agbana. Um, he was a former national officer of the party who decided not to seek re-election. I went to Ketu North and uh, pulled a surprise that he pulled yesterday on Saturday. Adam, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. Thank you so much, uh, Umaru. And let me say good evening to our cherished uh, listeners across the country, especially to the good people of Ketu North, who I'm sure are monitoring development keenly. Now, the regional secretary of your party has just given an account of what transpired on Saturday. Do you agree with his account of events? Sander, let me begin by first apologizing to all the senior comrades of the party and elders of the party who have asked me not to speak uh, in the media until after the final resolution of the issue because I had to agree. Initially, you called me. I turned down the interview, but I had to come in because I think it's important for us to set the record straight and, and do away with the false narratives. One, I am extremely disappointed that my regional secretary, who only a few hours ago issued a press statement calling on all parties involved to stop granting media interviews, is at the back, right after sending that press statement out himself, is on air granting interviews and giving very false narratives about what happened in Ketunos. I am only making this point because it's important for us to set the record straight and we need to fight for justice. I am doing this to protect the mandate of the good people of Ketunos. Sander, I will go into the issues. One, I am surprised to hear the regional secretary say that the results as declared, that according to him, the results, the 358358 that he's claiming is a tie, were signed by the, by the agent. That is false. It's the blatant lie. Sander, after the results were, were counted and recounted on two occasions, my agent signed against 360 and the other candidates all signed when the results were 360 and then 359, indicating that I had won. It was only after the signature was appended that the EC boss, on the instruction of the regional chairman and my constituency chairman, decided to check the so-called validity of the ballot papers. So what you see, indicating 358, you could see clearly on the pink sheet, it was cancelled initially, it was 360, cancelled. Then we had now 358. Now what we do with procedures is that just like you do when you make a mistake on a checkbook and a new figure is written, what do you do against it? You sign against that new figure to indicate that you agree to the, 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 the uh, the change that was made to it. So look at the pink sheet that Mr. Gunu is referring to as being signed by my agent and see whether or not his signature is against the 358. The changes was made, the changes were made after my, my agent and all the other agents signed. You can speak to other candidates, speak to the other agents, and they will tell you at what point those signatures were appended to the, to the pink sheet. And so I find it surprising that my regional secretary who has asked us not to speak on the issue, is on air 
giving a false narrative. And I think it's important for us to set the record straight. My agent did not sign against a tie. My agent signed when the results was 360 and 359. That point must be well made. That is one. Two, Mr. Gunu also made the point that they, as a region, are only interested or they will project what the electoral, the electoral commission did a good job. Look, we have, in a petition, detailed out many of the things that the electoral commission did that, that, <laughs> that proves that they did an abysmal job. So I'm surprised that he, the regional secretary, even when people have expressed dissatisfaction with the process, is on air taking a biased position, claiming that he's satisfied with the work of the electoral commission. I think it's important for us to set the record straight. Look, elections are about the sensitivities of the people. We invested so much time and energy campaigning to the people. The National Party has indicated that they will sit on the matter. It is fair for us to give the National Party, all of us must be given a good hearing for us to make our point. I initially declined every interview, but I will speak as long as the regional secretary will continue giving very false narratives about what happened. Because look, we, nobody will allow himself to be cheated. And so, Sander, ask him as regional secretary, at what point were the signatures appended to the pink sheet before he is giving this false narrative? Okay. Let us not create a false percep perception out there. Please. Okay. Please. I, I'll ask him that. And I'm just a quick question, though. Um, so, how many times was the counting done at the center that you approved of? The counting, as far as I know, the report I got was that the counting was done three times. And so the first counting was the usual or the normal count, after which the agent for Mr. Adanu demanded a recount of their ballot paper. That still came up to the 359, which was the original. Then they now demanded for counting of my ballot paper. My agent didn't agree, but they proceeded because the AC bosses were being intimidated by regional and constituency executives who were on them. That should tell you what, what happened. Now, when they recounted, I still got the 360, which means that I still won with only one vote. Then it was after the third counting that the agents appended their signature to the document. Then the EC boss was called back to say they are now going to check whether or not all the ballot papers were stamped before they were issued out. Then that is what has brought about all of this confusion that we have. I had agreed not to speak, but Sander, please, let the regional secretary know that if we are talking about party discipline, you can't issue a statement asking the parties not to speak, then yet you will be on air giving very, very false narratives. Okay. We all love the party. None of us is bigger than the party. The interest of the NDC must remain supreme. But no individual should at any point in time feel that they can intimidate anybody because they hold certain key positions. Okay. Whatever he has said concerning the signatures is a blatant lie. And other agents, observers, media houses there can confirm. The recounting were even done live on national TV, for Christ's sake. What is all these false narratives and then attempt to lie through their seats to create an impression as if Adam is not agreeing to a tie, when indeed there was no tie. Okay. I had won the election. I stand by the position that I won. The regional secretary should please stay neutral and fair. The interference is too much. They should give the accurate reportage of what happened and stop lying about many of these things, please. Finally, Adam, uh, the information that came through to Accra was that when the ballot papers were inspected, you had two unstamped ballot papers and your opponent had one unstamped ballot paper. And that brought the two of you neck and neck. And that's why 
the EC made that declaration that there has to be a rerun because there was a tie. Good. Do you not agree that the ballot papers were unstamped and that if they were unstamped, to the extent that they were unstamped, they become invalid and for that matter, your votes were invalid? Sandra, like I said, I only decided to speak to set the record straight on the, the things that the, the regional secretary said that are inaccurate. The other issues of whether ballot papers were stamped or were not stamped and all of that, they are issues that I have promised the leadership of the party not to speak on. But as far as I know, there was a confirmation of the serial numbers of all ballot papers. And all the parties agreed at, <laughs> that night that there was no importation of any foreign material into the ballot box. And that agreement is on record. We have videos, we have pictures, we have whatever it is to prove that indeed every party, everyone, every agent agreed that there was no foreign material. But like I said, I want to give the respect, the needed respect to the party structures. I will not comment on the substantive issue. But please, the regional secretary okay. should stay fair and say the truth for one. Whatever they are doing, their biases and the false reportage must cease. You can't release a statement gagging us not to speak, and yet you are on air giving false narratives and expect us not to speak in response. Okay. It can't happen. We must do this to protect our internal democracy. We must do this to protect the mandate that the young people and the people of Ketunov have given me. We must do this to strengthen our internal democracy. Nobody, nobody, nobody should be allowed to interfere with an independent electoral process. Nobody is above the laws and nobody is bigger than the party. My regional secretary should get his facts right because whatever he said concerning signatures and all of this are blatant falsehood. Okay. Thank you. Very well. Thank you so much. That's Ed Magbana. He's NDC parliamentary. I don't know that to say candidate or hopeful, uh, but if we should go by what the Electoral Commission has said, he will still be a hopeful because the Electoral Commission declared uh, that election to have been a tie in Ketu North. Uh, his regional party secretary is James Gunu, who is still on the line. Mr. Gunu, so according to Adam, uh, the facts are not as accurate, the ones that you have put out. Uh, he says, for instance, that what you are relying on to make the statement you make uh, was not signed by his agent and that there's no evidence to suggest the same. What do you say to that? Well, he's free to disapprove what I've said, but let me also say that Article 41, Clause 4 of the party's constitution states, and I quote, the regional executive committee shall supervise the selection process for parliamentary candidates at the constituency level. So if the regional chairman was in Ketu North during this election, that is the position of the law. But I'm also aware that the regional chairman left that place earlier. Then also, according to section 16.2, of the guidelines, it states that any contestant who feels aggrieved at any time during the election shall complain to the constituency election committee and together with the election electoral commission official resolve the matter where possible. So there was an incident that was reported to the constituency 
election committee. And together with the election com uh, the electoral commission officials, they had the issue resolved. If after the resolution of the matter, any uh, of the contestants still has an issue, the person is free to take up that matter. And as indicated earlier, our guidelines a silence on the recount, the rerun, and so on and so forth, except to say that on the election day, all rules governing the conduct of national elections shall apply, except otherwise provided under these guidelines or directed by the uh, National Executive Committee. Mr. Gunu, quick question. So, uh, on, on the specific issues um, yeah. that are leading to the, the election being a tie, Adam says, first of all, his agent did not sign onto the the tie bit of the, of the recount. Is that a fact? I am relying on the account of the electoral commission. No problem. The, 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 pink sheet, the pink sheet you that, saw, one second, yes. the pink sheet you saw, that yes. has 359359, uh, is that mm. the number? Does it have the signature of Adam's agent? Yes. And does it have a cancelled number? Yes. And where the number was cancelled, is there a signature to indicate that someone cancelled it on purpose and signed to show that they did it themselves? No. So then his point holds. Next question. He says that the serial numbers on the ballot papers that were unstamped match the ones in the booklets. Have you checked so if that what, is true or not? What does our guideline say about that? The guideline is silence on that. So the best approach to it is to apply the rules governing national elections, the conduct of national elections, where if a ballot paper is not validated and is found you know, in a, a amount ballot papers, it is rejected it is counted as a rejected ballot that is the position of that is how come when we are even doing public education uh, during elections we advise electorate to make sure that when you go to the polls and a ballot paper is given to you make sure it is validated okay Mr. Just, just on the politics side of things though uh, do you think the voter and the beneficiary candidate should suffer for the non-issuance of a certified ballot paper by an electoral commission staff? Are we talking about the position of the law or we are talking what's, about... What, what's your view? What's your view? My view would not be different from the position of the law because... Okay, that's fine. So I understand, and I understand what the position of the law is. This particular election mm. is election 
that we are doing that will lead us to a general election. So if we do not do what is right in this particular election, how can we do what is right during the general election? Finally, so, listening to Edem Agbana, it sounds as if the regional executives are out to get him. Is that the case? That you guys at home are not happy that some guy from Accra comes to be the MP for Ketu North? That is not true. Adam is a junior brother. We both belong to the same party and have nothing against him. And I will never do anything against him. We know each other for some time now. And I will stand by the principles of the party, the constitution, and the law. And we move forward because that is very important. That is why we came out with these guidelines governing the uh, selection or the election of parliamentary and presidential candidates for our party. And the constitution of the party is also there to guide us. And I also indicated to you earlier that we have issued a, I mean, a release, yes, that we should, I mean, all parties should cease fire so that the National Executive Committee together with the region will go into the matter and come out with the best solution because we cannot produce the two um, candidates to the Electoral Commission in uh, the 2024 general election. Very Definitely, well. there must be. And we have given the responsibility to the Electoral Commission to undertake this exercise and report to us. And we also had our men on the ground, house providers, including the Constituency Election Committee, okay. that is supposed to work together with the uh, Electoral Commission to give us a candidate. And if at the end of the polls, the Electoral Commission has given us this report, different from the Constituency Election Committee's report, which is not different from the uh, the people we sent from the region to go and supervise this election under Article 41, Clause 4 of our party constitution. You will not agree to it. Anyway, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, so, um, we appreciate you for the time. Thank you, sir. Thank you for the opportunity. That's James Guno. He's Volta Regional Secretary of the NDC. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTF. I'm talking about the NDC. Um, well, so aside the MPs who lost and those who won, the former President John Dramani Mahama was until Friday called the presumptive flag bearer of the NDC. Now he is a flag bearer, winning handsomely 98.9%. That is bigly. He has been speaking today, hasn't he, uh, Akosia? Yes, and he's been urging members of parliament who lost the internal elections to rally behind their contenders to work towards regaining power in 2024.
This victory is about raising security and investments and funds for future generations, and not, not just for spending in a day. It is about restoring trust once again in our institutions and engendering love and pride in the name Ghana. But first, we must win the elections in 2024, and that will require from all of us hard work and winning the trust of the people of Ghana. The NDC and Ghana's interests must therefore continue to guide and bind us all together as one people from one great family. From today, right here in the Hall of the University of De Development Studies, I declare that the internal competition for the flag bearership position is over. You have chosen experience with vision over experiment, and I'm confident that in December 2024, Ghanaians will make that choice that puts us back on the path of building the Ghana we want together. We must flip the coin from competition to cooperation. We need cooperation to build a better Ghana and a better NDC. I'm therefore calling for cooperation among all elected parliamentary candidates and your aspirants and supporters. Incumbent members of parliament who lost their primaries must also keep their heads up. You remain heroes for the good job you have done. So that was the uh, flag bearer of the National Democratic Congress, John Dramani Mahama, uh, who was delivering his acceptance speech at the University of Development Studies in Tamale. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Get the details. Every significant financial transaction, every market movement, and all the policies that affect your business. City Business News. Be informed. Time now for City Business News on Eyewitness News, powered by citybusinessnews.com. Let's settle for the details now. Government is optimistic that Ghana will be able to go back to the international capital market as soon as possible. Following economic downgrades by international rating agencies and Ghana's credit worthiness to junk status amidst poor fiscal policy measures, the government has already said a successful IMF program will make Ghana regain access to the international capital markets for economic rebound. Ghana is also close to securing a $3 billion IMF bailout to help the country's balance of payment problems. Dr. Mohamed Amin Adam, Minister of State at the Finance Ministry, believes this will pave way for Ghana's return onto the international market. Well, we will go back to the market because we are able to leverage the market to balance our financing need. And so you have a development partner supporting you that a chunk of your inflows may come from the, the, the market. And so with the IMF approval, we are very, very confident that investor confidence in Ghana will increase. Uh, the upgrades, the institutions upgrading us will look to Ghana favorably and then uh, as a result of all this, uh, we could return to market very, very soon. But it depends on how quickly we achieve a sustainable debt level. You know, as I indicated, uh, we are hoping to achieve sustainable debt levels by 2028. You know, we're talking about uh, two and a half years by, uh, from now. And so uh, if, if that is achieved, that should be way for us to uh, borrow. As for borrowing, you know that we can do away uh, from, from, from it. Uh, in as much as we do not borrow ourselves uh, out of uh, sustainable uh, uh, levels. And so uh, going to the market is a matter of course that we'll go to the market when we have uh, favorable conditions. Dr. Mohamed Amin Adam is the Minister of State at the Finance Ministry. Still on the IMF, an economist, Professor John Gachi, 
is skeptical of the likelihood of government receiving the first loan tranche of $600 million by Wednesday. Government has announced that the first tranche of the $3 billion international fund bailout is expected to hit the Bank of Ghana account this week, while the remaining should be disbursed by June 2023. Speaking to City Business News on the issue, Professor John Gachi said it is highly probable that government will be unable to access the loan by the given timelines. I'm not sure whether indeed the first tranche of IMF money will be arriving next, uh, this week or next week because the protocol, as we know, with the IMF is that when this crisis uh, uh, financial assurance is given, which is the last leg of the processes, the IMF will feast us uh, for a meeting to deliberate and take a decision. That has not been done. I do not know whether the IMF has given a waiver to Ghana. That has not been announced. Uh, for consideration. So I'm limited in saying that there will be IMF release of money to Ghana by next week without those processes. We all know the protocol concerning the processes of IMF activity. And the key one is that after the IMF secure the assurance from the credit committee, that, that will allow the IMF to cable Ghana's application for deliberation by the board. Uh, that has not been done. And even if that is done, then it will take some few days or some few time for money to be released to the government involved. These two processes have not taken place. And we have not heard that the IMF has given a waiver to Ghana for consideration. So I'm just uh, curious about the IMF releasing money next week. Professor John Gachi is an economist. Former President John Dramani Mahama stated that the next National Democratic Congress administration will restore the licenses of banks whose authorizations were revoked as part of government's financial sector reforms. This, he claims, is one of the rafts of measures aimed at revitalizing the banking industry and boosting financial confidence. Finance Minister Ken Furiata supervised the banking sector cleanup from mid-2017 to January 2020. The exercise saw a reduction in the number of banks from 34 to 23, while 347 microfinance institutions, 15 savings and loans, and eight finance houses had their licenses revoked over corporate governance lapses. An exercise, the government said, cost the state 21 billion Ghana cities. Speaking in Tamale today, the flag bearer of the opposition NDC party also stated that he will ensure the re-employment of staff whose appointments were terminated during the banking sector cleanup. We will restore indigenous Ghanaian investment in the financing and banking sector. And we will create a tiered banking system that will serve various segments of the market. We will give the opportunity for experienced banking hands who were laid off and needlessly to secure their careers once more and move away from the menial jobs that they were compelled to take. As far as practicable, the banking licenses that were unjustly cancelled by this government will be restored. I'll create the foundation that will ensure that Ghana will never suffer such a deadly debt management program that threatens to send our elderly people holding government bonds to an early grave and wipe out the investments of the Ghanaian middle class. John, Drama- John Dramani Mahama speaking there. 
The managing director of Unilever Ghana PLC, George Owusu-Ansan, has assured of his outfit's continuous support towards national development by creating sustainable employment. According to him, a well-resourced youthful population is a catalyst for national transformation. Speaking on the sidelines of a media engagement in Accra, George Owusu-Ansan further assured consumers of producing products that are user-friendly. It is important because at the end of the day, our compass as a business is about sustainable living. And sustainable living is about human beings and it is about the planet. And for human beings, we need work to live our lives. And without work, as our great president Osajifu said once, work and happiness. And so when there is no work, per Osajifu's definition, there is no happiness. And we cannot be a company that is looking for sustainable living, looking to support sustainable living without supporting work. So our focus on employment and scaling young people for work is born out of our compass. And that is where we take our motivation from. George Obusuansa is the managing director of Unilever Ghana PLC. And finally, the European Union has pledged to strengthen its commitment to helping create more jobs in the country, as well as promoting safe and regular migration. This aligns with the EU's overarching Africa strategy, which is focused on aiding Africa's development to tackle the root causes of migration and instability. In an interview with City Business News EU ambassador to Ghana, Akkad Razali, emphasized that this is top priority for the EU globally and especially in its partnership with African nations. Continuously working in partnership on a number of issues to amplify the impact of our projects and activities and this is what we call a Team Europe approach. By joining forces, not only do we expand our reach and enhance our results, but also learn from each other and create unique and innovative products. And today we are leveraging Team Europe towards the common cause of creating jobs, supporting safe and regular migration, and promoting development in Ghana. And this is a priority for the European Union at global level, and particularly in its partnership with African states, and there again here in Ghana, where we can illustrate a very, very good practice and very, very good result in that sector. You heard the EU ambassador to Ghana, Ricardo Razali. And that's it for the for City Business News and Eyewitness News. It was powered by your most comprehensive business news website, citybusinessnews.com. My name is Netele Nete Ajaho. Up next is the football match with our sports team. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Let your voice be heard on Eyewitness News on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag Eyewitness News. It's 22 minutes to 1900 GMT. This is 97.3 CTFM. My name is Umaru Sandamadu. This would have been the time to bring you points blank on Eyewitness News. But uh, there's a game tonight, so Eyewitness News is effectively over. 
Uh, I did this show tonight with Akosia Ochi, production by Beverly Landon, Wilson Kobna, and uh, Sami Wiafi with technical support from Daniel Squashi and Adrian Kwakofi handling the new media side of things for us. Eyewitness News will be back tomorrow at 17.30 GMT. But in studio now, I have... Charlie, you are PTT over two months. So. <laughs> See your name. Is yeah. the problem you have caused? Now I can't mention your real name. Evans Ofochu Manso, good, also known as Pichichi from Adan. Are you from Tebibiawe or, or um, you don't know them of your clan? It's it's you don't know. I'll get that details. Oh, mm. How are you? Well, I'm fine. What's happening? Everybody's talking about Arsenal. What's the problem? Me, see, see, mm -hmm. see, me, my whole life I've been using Arsenal as a Mm -hmm. As an example to mock people, I say that oh, you start well and then exactly. you end bad. But this season, eh, the way they were going, I said, God, please let us now win. I mean, just to satisfy the base, let let them also feel like they are also involved because they haven't won like in one million years. <laughs> yeah, I was so hopeful. Then I saw this weekend that Arsenal may not win. What's happening? Well, so yes, at the point in time, they had an eight-point lead. And everyone thought this is the year Arsenal could win the Premier League since uh, 2004. But Arsenal have done Arsenal. Oh. Yes, they've done what they usually do. But, but, but why? It's Arsenal. No, no but, it's, but, it's but, Arsenal. Season, but this season they, they were poised. Yeah, exactly. Every, everything was showing like this. Yes, but it's Arsenal. But, but it cannot be Arsenal every day. It's not as in Wenger who is there. It's a strange guy who exactly. is there. But, but, but the DNA to win... And win and win and win is it's it's not there yet. They've been performing spectacularly. They started well, which we all know. Arsenal sometimes starts well, they, but the ending we know Arsenal. So oh. for me, as, as I said, see, their fans are used to heartbreaks. Yeah, but this one, you see, this one, there was so much hope. So this heartbreak would be big, big like big, bigger than the previous years. Yeah, yeah. because the beginning there, you knew that oh, say yeah, yeah. say yeah. But this one, they have reached a certain level. It's almost like they reached the ninety minutes of the eighty uh, ninth yeah. minute of the game, and then this thing happens. Is it? Does it mean there's no hope of return to the top? <sighs> it will take sorcery. For Just Arsenal. witchcraft. Yes, for so Arsenal. If Pate comes to Kroboland and they give him some juju, <laughs> he can take it back, and that's the only solution. <laughs> it will take sorcery for them to regain top spot because looking at the form of Manchester City, they don't look like a team that will drop points. They are winning and winning and winning. How many more games for City? Well, City has three games. Arsenal have two. Against who and who? City. Well, so for City, their next encounter, they are looking to um, face. Leeds, uh, well, no, I think. Okay, so the check. clubs they are going They'll against. They'll face Chelsea. Okay. So City's next game is against Chelsea. And, and, that's, not the, and that's not a threat. No, no, no. Because no, Chelsea no. has become, you know, Chelsea yeah. has become more useless than. Che yeah. Okay. Well, I, I won't say you. Because uh, you support Chelsea, but. No, I, I won't say useless, but. Okay, Chelsea has worth, become, worthless. Yeah. yeah. Worthless. Continue. Out of form. Let's, let's use that. For the sake of our <laughs> listeners who, okay. who love Chelsea. Okay, fine. I withdraw. Chelsea okay. has become nothing. Worse they, than Arsenal, if you like. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So they have Chelsea next, then they play Brighton, and then they end, ag they end against Brentford. So these are the games for so, Man City. So looking at how it is, City would most likely do very well. So I expect no them to beat all three teams. And Arsenal is going against Well, them. Arsenal's next game, they have that tie against Nottingham Forest. Andrea used team. Mm -hmm. It should be a win for Arsenal. And then they play Wolves. Another game that so Arsenal they, can so win. So if they win Wolves and they win Nottingham, would that mean anything to them coming back to the No top? way. At the moment, Man City have a four-point advantage and a game in hand. Okay. Meaning that if City win their next game against Chelsea, they are champions. That's it. It's over. So, so the destiny of Arsenal now 
rests in the show, on the shoulders of Chelsea, stopping Man City. If it's City win that game, they are champions. As simple as that. Wow. And Chelsea, Chelsea we know. You, you know. I if, know. Chelsea is losing. Uh, I pray Chelsea lose. I mean, even though I want Arsenal to just go out, but if Chelsea will lose, Chelsea must lose. Whether, I don't know, Chelsea should just lose. That's all. Just to make me happy. But my United, <laughs> what's happening? Oh, so far, I would we, say... We too, what is happening? It's been quite a good season for Man yes, United. Yes, but we don't want good. We want to win. You want to win? Mm. At the moment, you have the FA Cup final mm-hmm. against Man City later in June. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, guys are 66 points... On so, the log okay. now, this point is what you so guys we are, have. We are on the fourth top, place. We yeah. are top four. Top four now. Liverpool playing the next few minutes at 7 p.m. against Leicester. They have 62 points. So I should pray that Liverpool loses. You can pray they win and also win your game. So for my United, they are destined in their own hands. Just win your games and you are, you are, in, you are, you are in the top four. As simple as that. Charlie, you are depressing me. Let me leave the studio for you. Don't be depressed. There's hope for my United. Huge hope. Yeah, but there's no hope for... Sorry, I mean for Arsenal. 